Um, I want to welcome my guest. I'm talking today to Tom Lawrence, who has a, among other things, has a YouTube video subscription where he actually is using Greylock. And Tom is the CEO of Lawrence Systems in Detroit, Michigan. So, Tom, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. Tell us who, who Tom Lawrence is. So I am a uh, longtime IT professional, sometimes I'll just say gray-haired IT professional. The, uh, I started working in this industry. My first tech job was in 1995. And like many people, it was a hobby before then. Uh, but obviously, the hobby looked different in 1995. It was uh, a much different landscape. But uh, after working uh, smaller IT companies, uh, then I started this company that I'm in now in 2003. But before that, I also worked in corporate IT. So I've kind of run the gamut of working for some of the larger, in, because we're in Detroit, we're in the automotive capital of the world, the Motor City. I worked in the uh, that level. So we were a automotive tier one supplier that I was head of IT for. Um, that's where I learned a lot of the big stuff. And then I brought that back to a lot of servicing of small businesses. And that's what we've done a lot of for the last 17 years, but then came the YouTube channel, like you had mentioned. Um, and YouTube's weird. You know, I started already being, you know, I've been a long time uh, open source advocate and Linux user and Unix user. And the YouTube channel kind of spun out of that because I spoke at conferences and people started asking, hey, is this on YouTube somewhere? Because, you know, uh, you were talking about this product or that product or this firewall. And I'm like, you know, that seems easy enough. I'm technical. And, uh, uh, you know, I did not realize in some of my earliest videos really focused on firewalls because that's what I was doing a lot of with my public speaking was talking about open source firewalls and yeah. other, you know, related um, switching and things like that. You know, that's, it was just kind of an evolution. I threw those videos out there and next, you know, there's a lot of people watching them. And then you start figuring out what other videos people want to watch. And it turns out there's a bigger demand than expected for someone covering and doing tutorials on YouTube for a lot of these things. But that also helped transform my company because people wanted then consulting on all the things we talked about. So uh, that leads us to where we are today, which is kind of a split between we're still doing uh, IT and managed services for local companies and at the same time uh, providing consulting services on the things we talk about on our YouTube channel. So, you know, sometimes it's a tutorial, sometimes it's a review of more like an enterprise product review. We cover a lot of higher end things. We're not doing the usual consumer products, but I realize there's just such a demand out there for this because discovering some of the products, especially if that product might be an open source one, open source companies don't have the marketing budget of a normal closed source one to really get the word out there for things. So it's been a weird uh, mix, but it's also helped a lot of people because they look at these solutions going, this is different than a solution XYZ large corporate enterprise company offered. Uh, and that's even was some of my niche 20 years ago working in corporate. Uh, we were leveraging open source stuff and we used open source mail servers. I was, the, I was a mail server admin for this large company and we were among the few not using exchange back in 2000. That made us weird, but also made us cutting edge because we could we had started writing all this integration because we had all the source code. So we built product on top of the product uh, to make things happen. This is email triggering is no big deal. Now it was a really big deal to trigger events off of email and create action from them. that actually that did things in databases in 2000, that was cutting edge technology. <laughs> yeah. So you've been, you've been an open source user for, for uh, many years. Since Red Hat came on floppy disk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
want to let the listeners know that Tom Lawrence's video, and, and we'll post a link to that video, it's gotten almost 50,000 views. Yeah. And if you look at the comments, they're great. Not only for you, Tom, as they should be, but they're also great, I think, for Greylog. You, it seems to me like you turned some people on to Greylog, and we definitely want to thank you for doing that. What drew you to using Greylog? So I can't remember everything I tried before Greylog, but there were a few. And then, of course, just setting up uh, our syslog and things like that. And, you know, logging is one of those things where we we all know we need to do it. We all need to have uh, some consolidated place to put all the data and outputs from all of these systems somewhere. And frequently, especially in the Linux world, it feels like we just dump it all over to a syslog server. And uh, I, I, I'm shocked at some of the people I know that work, you know, friends in IT that the scale their companies are at and they still haven't gotten off syslog. And they're like, yeah, we just grab some stuff from syslog and, uh, you know, a little bit of magic here and here from the command line. And we kind of figure out where things are. And I'm like, that's not the best way to do it. And of course, the DIY of trying to put together something like Elasticsearch, Elasticsearch is cool, but it becomes a DIY. And I feel like it's a house of cards because when you stand it all up, as soon as there's an update, your house of cards comes falling down and nothing works again. So uh, trying to build an elastic server was uh, less than a great experience, but you guys managed, and this is what caught my eye to create a one great documentation I was able to follow to build it. I had to wrap my head around some of the concepts that Greylog had. But once I did that, I said, oh, this seems like a better way to ingest the logs with kind of a compartmentalized system, parse them, place them in there, and you guys wrangle the backend server pretty well to make it very usable, actionable, despite having uh, many different indexes in there all consolidated in one place. And I just said, you know, once I got the product up and running, I'm like, this seems like something my audience would like to hear about because this is the first time I put one together that really feels like a well rounded product. You know what I mean? And I, I love when there's an open source project that one, you know, home that people can get their hands on really easy. It's, you know, relatively easy to set up, but also, you know, I like when there's a commercial component uh, from there, because that means it can be used in the real world, as I put it, because the enterprise IT companies that go, can I get a contract? Can I buy support from someone on this? And if you look at my channel, there's a few other products that we cover that are in that same category of they offer a free open source product, do what you want with it. Oh, by the way, you can buy SLA agreements, you can buy support, you can buy add-on features for this product. Um, and I like that. It kind of puts it in the hands of, I want to play with it at home and start it. And I don't think enough people realize how many people are home lab. Also, their day job is corporate IT. And so they bring what they learn with them, especially when they can. Right. So in using Greylog and in going through the comments, let me start with that first. I did notice there was at least one comment from somebody who had played around with Elastic Cap. And I think you said, I think it was you who said something like, you know, try Kibana and you'll see that Greylog is easier to use or something or makes more yeah. sense. So, and I mentioned that too, because, you know, I want our listeners, um, our community members to know that, you know, that, that this just isn't like a sponsored kind of thing where <laughs> <laughs> this, this is, this is really, this is really you and that's really your opinion, right? Yeah, this is, um, I, I'm, 
like many technical people, full of opinions. But one of the things I often start with is I'll work on a product and I don't always reach out to before I make the video. Um, I put the product together or the idea or the tutorial, and it's usually exactly how this happens where you reached out to me. This has been kind of a series of things of I did the video first, and then a company says, you seem to have done a video on my product. Who are you? And yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of a, a fun way. I, I've got to know. And matter of fact, I've become friends with several developers this way. Uh, I've talked about products, and sometimes it's the developer that reaches out to me going, you seem to really grasp what I've been trying to tell uh, the team that you know employs me to do this. So uh, yeah, that's this is of my own opinion. You guys reached out to me. I don't know, I did the video earlier this year. So we got like a six month or three month dwell from Tom publishing video to uh, you even setting up this time for the podcast. So yes, this is of, of my own opinion. I'm here willingly not because anyone gave me any money, but I do right. work for swag. I do love when companies send me free shirts. So, and you guys <laughs> and did offer some have... free shirts. So I'll just close that. Okay, <laughs> we'll work yeah, for yeah. shirts. <laughs> just to let people know, uh, we are sending Tom a shirt. Yeah. Uh, it isn't specifically for doing this podcast, although we would have done it. <laughs> um, but um, Tom was supposed to get a t-shirt before and for some reason it get to him, but we've fixed that now and there's a t-shirt on its way. It, that's come up when I met the people over at IX Systems. Someone noticed I had a bunch of random things showing. I'm like, where'd you get that? Because they don't sell it. I'm like, oh, do about 50 videos on our product. And all of a sudden they just mail it to you like randomly. Because we, we started doing a lot of videos on the TrueNAS. And it's well seen. We did the videos first because I was using the product and we've been using it for years and we did videos on it. And then the team reaches out and including the head developers like, we just, can we just send you some shirts? And I'm like, sure. And we became, uh, you know, friends with them. Uh, not necessarily the, the people in the C-suite, those came later, but it was like the developers right away. Like, Hey, you get the product. You came up with ideas. Um, one of the funniest ones was an email I got where someone sent a timestamp in the video for a bug and a product. Cause I covered, I said, this is a kind of a problem that needs to be there. And I didn't file a bug report on it. I just knew the workaround for it. And he, he they emailed me, they said, your video is the first time I've ever had someone send me a video with a timestamp as a bug report. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I fixed it right away just because you did the video on the product. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> well, you know, speaking, speaking of uh, t-shirts, I know you said um, you and I uh, talked off, um, off recording here at, at one point. And um, you said something about uh, there's a possibility in the future. And actually, I think in your video as well, at the end of your video, you talked about the um, the possibility of doing some additional gray log um, videos. And I think yes. one was on dashboards and the other one was on security. Those are both big areas. Have you thought yeah. any more about those? Um, yeah, I really got to take the time. This is still kind of my weak spot. So I've now consolidated more logging from across all of our servers into it. So we're not, you know, in the video, I think I covered PF Sense, but I've since yeah. added more all of our systems now just pipe data there it became like anytime something's got data coming out of it, we just landed over there now. Um, but that also gives me opportunity to start learning and the security management tools. I think this is a really cool feature you guys have added in there where you can tie in certain action feeds for our actionable feeds from uh, threat intelligence and say, yes. hey, this IP is a beacon for something. For some reason, you have a server here talking to it. And this is also a challenge is always, you know, if you have an indicator of compromise, being able to pivot around that data and go, what, how many servers talk to it? So a lot of people stop at the firewall, you'll get a firewall that logs 
but that only tells you something inside your network. It can be tricky. If we look at the correlation data with consolidated logging through Graylog and be able to trigger off of that, you can go these three servers out of your five servers we're talking to it. And it becomes a more interesting uh, data, data point that you can pivot from. So yeah, so I do have some goals of um, getting better at that. Uh, <laughs> I need to sit down and do a little more reading because it's like anything. This is It's not because Graylog isn't making it easy. This is just a complex thing to do. It's a right. lot. It's a big task and big undertaking. And uh, creating the dashboards. Uh, yeah, people love the visuals. Um, yep. I'm so much from the command line days, I can look at something and people are like, how'd you see it? I'm like, I just, you know, grepped it from the command line and uh, highlighted the text. They're like, shouldn't we put this on some type of dashboard? I'm like, probably. <laughs> so I, I'm a little bit weak on that because I don't get excited as much as, um, I always joke that the management loves the visuals. They love, especially if you can build a cool pew pew map where you watch IP addresses ping back and forth on like a globe. Man, they love that. Like that sells every meeting. But we, we know from people who work in the industry, it's cool, but it's not where the real actual intelligence is. Um, just give me the names of the servers that ping the thing that they shouldn't ping or reached out to a server they shouldn't reach, that becomes a really actionable, uh, quick intelligence we need. Okay. Yeah, and, that, and that's definitely true about uh, executives, you know, management and all that. Uh, yeah. They love pie charts, and, and Greylog can do pie charts. <laughs> yeah. We can so give you guys pie charts. We can summarize all the packets and tell you this much of it was this packets and this uh, UDP and TCP and make some summaries. And I do like the time slicing that it does automatically because that at least helps when you're filtering. So there's some built-in stuff, but yeah, I haven't, I still haven't spent a lot of time even since that video building the dashboard, but I have been looking at um, getting better at parsing to format the data better. So that's, it's, it's still a slow learning curve, but I do want to do more videos on that topic because um, even when the data is not structured, the gray log, especially I just updated to your new 4.1, the query language makes it easy enough, even if the data came in in a, in a less than structured format, and it still allows me just to dump it and pull it out of the fields and restructure it again in, in another way. So if you didn't have it structured, um, and I, that's the lazy way of doing it. I need to get better at uh, regex. That's always my weak point. So <laughs> have, you been able, have you been able to use gray log for any of your consulting? Indirectly, we've brought it up to a lot of people, and I believe what they did, because as you say, we're not directly affiliated with the company. I think they just reached out and contacted you guys to get the process started. Like, because we, uh, at the time when I had mentioned it, it was not long after the video, and people were really interested in it. But we're not an affiliate or reseller or anything like that. And I said, you know what? They can be hired to stand it up in your network. So uh, I, I would, and sometimes we do that from a consulting standpoint. Um, when companies hire us, one, one of the recent very large companies that hired us, their specific ask is that we put nothing through reseller programs. They will buy nothing through us. Even if we are a reseller, they keep us independent as a consultant. So they buy uh, our time only that way we're not influenced when we have to compare a product okay. um, because right. we're actually resellers sometimes for like in the storage world, we're resellers for multiple products. They didn't want to buy either product from us. So there's no commission rate. They want to consult with the two solutions. Uh, yeah. So sometimes we get involved in that metric or that, that way you're not pushing because you're a reseller, you're pushing it because it's the solution for that job. So sometimes we have to remain independent um, in, in some circumstances, but honestly, um, for me, I can't really, especially when you uh, add the word open source to it, 
there's not much else in the gray, in the gray log space. <laughs> Once you add that word open source, you're like, oh, you don't mean one of the commercial you know products from one of these other companies. Right. You want something you can actually have the source code to. Well, you just narrowed the field dramatically for something that would scale to the size that you can do gray log. In the last five minutes we have for our podcast, again, I, I want to thank you, Tom Lawrence, for being our guest, Lawrence Systems. We'll put a link to your video in our community. And Tom, by the way, now I believe you're a community member, so maybe yes. people can get in touch with you there as well as going to your site. Yep. Um, the, the last thing I want to ask you is for installing Greylog and configuring it, were there any gotchas along the way? Because I think you mentioned to me off recording that you did have to go back and look at the documentation. Once you did that, you were fine. And I've heard that from a number of community members, that if you just read the documentation, you're fine. So yeah, I think uh, there was the time zone issue was one of them. Uh, it's, it's in your documentation, but it's one of those things where it won't start, the server won't start if the time zone's wrong, if there's some mismatches. The, if you get the time zone wrong, you also goof up because you'll see the data logs coming in, but yep. the time zone's wrong. So everything doesn't, you can't find the data you thought you were looking for. You'd say, hey, show me what came in the last five minutes. Well, you have the time zone set to a different time. So uh, yeah. the log time. Yep. So yeah, it that. makes you, it, it's one of those, that was the hardest one to troubleshoot because you see the data coming in as far as like, it tells you the input yep. registers data, but it's for whatever reason, you can't find the data unless you expand the time. And like the default view is only a five minute view, but you're like, there's data came in in the last five minutes. Where's it at? Um, but most of the other stuff was you know, your simple oversights. But for the most part, I was able to copy and paste it. Um, the other thing that's, you know, of course, one of the things I really want to follow up on one of my, the, one of the videos things I do is always like a follow up. What does the server look like two months from now or two updates from now? Um, because as I said, when you start setting up the elk stack and things like that, it feels like a house of cards and you update it. And it's one of the pet peeves I have in the IT industry. And I get it. Like, you know, we, we were faced, we're facing some windows update challenges right now that we were discussing just before this podcast, because people go, Oh, it's going to break something if I update it. And I don't want it people to ever have that fear because we really need to have servers up to date all the time. Security is a real issue. It's not just features or anything like that. It's, you know, keeping it up to date and you, want a system that survives updates. And that's so one of the follow-up things I will be doing on a video is I survived several updates. You've actually had several version updates since I, since I've done that video and enhancements to the system. Um, therefore it, it didn't break. I had really minor when I did the update, there nothing wasn't hard to troubleshoot. Like uh, I guess it rebuilds the indexes or updates something and it paused a little while and it took a while for the server to start, but it was completely in the log files, very clear what was happening. Uh, you know, updating indices to match version 4.1. Oh, cool. I know what it's doing, even though it didn't start immediately. It did start. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, that's great. Again, I want to thank you, Tom, for being our guest. And we're going to be watching you on YouTube. <laughs> I, um, I will make some more videos and uh, I, I, I need to tackle the uh, regex parser because there's some changes in PFSense that I noted them in there because it was right at the new release of PFSense I was covering. Uh, but even since then, some of the other servers we are bringing in, they've changed some of their formats. So uh, yeah, look for some updates. I, I got to work on those. <laughs> are you using, um, now you, you posted JSON extractor. Yeah. 
Um, I, I use, and this is your hats off. Your community forums are a great resource. Uh, I used the ones I use are modified based on things I learned in your forums. So I took that, uh, and I believe it's on my GitHub right now, the one I'm using right now, but there are some, there's a couple pieces of data that don't get structured properly coming from your IDS system like Sericata um, that I need to, I, I, uh, I have a workaround where I just skip a certain number of characters to line the data up, which I know is not the way to do it, but it's the way Tom got it working. So I need to readdress that. Uh, but yeah, the community has been great. I, I need to go post in there because I'm positive someone there will probably be helpful to, you know, I'm not coming at like, what do I do? I'm coming at, here's what it looks like. Here's what it needs to look like what's that minor change i'm overlooking so and once i do that i'm always big to share back to the community so other people can find that as well that's good all right so we'll we'll look for that as well i was just i was curious about it you know because of xml my my interest in xml um and also um yaml as well you know if if, um, anybody is doing any of the the extractors today in yaml and i'm sure there there are people yeah in fact i know there are people that are yeah, so, I'm yeah. not particular to the format. Whichever format has the right <laughs> parsing and it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are those are the only three I can think of. But you know, I have seen several more. There, it, it's unbelievable the number of serialized data uh, formats. Yeah, so there are all kinds of. All oh, right, that's because people can't agree, and we all that's how we end up with many <laughs> different formats. But it's okay. There's there's a format right for you. You just got to figure out which one. <laughs> that's that's true. A lot of that will will edit. Thanks again, Tom. I really appreciate it. Yes. So thank you for having us. (laughs) All right. Thanks again. Take care. This is Dave Shudo logging out.